Hello everyone, this is Urvashi Chahan. Welcome to Quotes Today by Live Law. We bring you the latest and in-depth legal coverage, coming to you with a brief of what all happened in the Indian courts today. Starting with an important update, the Karnataka High Court has dismissed the petition filed by Twitter challenging the blocking orders issued to it by the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology under Section 69A of the IT Act. Let me tell you the background here. In June last year, the ministry had served Twitter a letter setting out serious consequences of non-compliance, including of initiating criminal proceedings against Twitter's chief compliance officer and granted them last opportunity to comply with a series of blocking orders. Following this, the micro-blogging platform approached the court. Twitter questioned as to how it could be directed to block user accounts and muffle their freedom of speech. When news relating to these events were freely circulated by television and print media. Senior advocate Arvind Dattar, appearing for Twitter, had submitted that as per jurisprudence laid down in the Shreya single case, if center finds some tweet objectionable, it has to send a notice to the account holder asking why the tweet should not be pulled down. He had argued that blocking user accounts would be a violation of freedom of speech and such blocking orders demonstrate excessive use of powers and are disproportionate. The central government opposed the petition. Additional Solicitor General R. Sankara Narayan, appearing for the government, questioned the maintainability of the petition as being a foreign company Twitter could not avail any remedy of fundamental rights guaranteed under Article 19 and 21 of the Constitution. He further argued that containing people who had posted content which was injurious to security of nation or public order, it was the persons who were actually aggrieved and not them. A single judge bench of Justice Krishna S. Dikshit today dismissed the petition and also imposed cost of rupees 50 lakh on the microblogging platform, citing its conduct. It also refused Twitter's request to stay the operation of the order. To read in detail about the case, you can visit livelaw.in. In another significant development, the government of National Capital Territory of Delhi has approached the Supreme Court challenging the ordinance brought by the central government recently to take away the powers of the Delhi government to control civil servants serving it. The writ petition challenges the Government of National Capital Territory Amendment Ordinance 2023, which was promulgated by the President on 19th May. The ordinance envisages that a committee comprising the chief minister and two senior bureaucrats will make recommendations to the lieutenant governor regarding transfer and postings of civil servants. However, the LG will have sole discretion in taking a decision. The ordinance, according to the petition, has the effect of depriving Delhi government of the power over services. The petition points out that the ordinance was brought out a week after a constitution bench of the Supreme Court pronounced that the Delhi government has power over entry 41 of list 2 services. It is also argued that through the ordinance, the central government has in effect overturned the Supreme Court's verdict. The Bombay High Court has awarded compensation to parents of a train accident victim who had gotten out of his train due to fire in the bogey 
and died after getting hit by another train on the adjacent track. Justice M.S. Jawalkar of Nagpur Bench observed that the deceased and other passengers would not have had to get down from the train if not for the fire and smoke in the bogey. The court set aside the order of the Railway Claims Tribunal, which denied compensation on the ground that the deceased was not a bona fide passenger and that the incident was not an untoward incident as per the Railway Act of 1989. The court further observed that there was no such condition under the Railways Act that only a person who falls down from a train can claim compensation and not a person standing on the track. Holding that race cannot be considered while granting college admissions to students, the Supreme Court of United States of America has declared as unconstitutional the race-conscious admission policies at the Howard University and the University of North Carolina, which were being followed as an affirmative action to ensure representation for marginalized and underrepresented groups. The decision was in the ratio 6 is to 3 against University of North Carolina and 6 is to 2 against Harvard University, with the liberal judges penning a forceful dissent. The ruling came in an appeal filed by a group named Students for Fair Admissions, who argued that race-based admission program violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Agreeing with the student group, the majority held that the impugned admission policies amounted to race-based discrimination. However, U.S. President Joe Biden expressed his disagreement with the majority view. He tweeted that for decades, the Supreme Court had recognized a college's freedom to decide how to build a diverse student body and provide opportunity. But today, the court walked away from the precedent, effectively ending affirmative action in higher education. To read the full story, you can visit our website at livelaw.in. In an interesting development, the Madhya Pradesh High Court has requested the Government of India to consider reducing the age of consent from 18 back to 16 years in rape cases as per Section 375 of IPC to redress the injustice being caused to adolescent boys. The bench of Justice Deepak Kumar Agarwal made this appeal to the central government as it opined that due to social media awareness and easy accessibility to internet connectivity, puberty occurs near the age of 14, resulting in physical relationships between young boys and girls with consent. The Criminal Law Amendment Act of 2013, which increased the age of consent for sexual intercourse by a girl from earlier 16 years to 18 years, had disturbed the fabric of the society. The bench also stressed that due to the age of consent being 18 years, the boy is treated like a criminal in society, causing injustice to adolescent boys. The court was essentially dealing with a criminal case quashing plea filed by a 23-year-old who was facing charges of rape under the IPC and other charges under POXO Act and the IT Act. The Maharashtra State Human Rights Commission has recommended periodic sensitization workshops for police personnel owing to the alarming rise in violent encounters, especially involving members of the legal fraternity. In the present case, in March 2020, Nagpur-based advocate Ankita Shah Makhija and her husband Nilesh were assaulted at Lakkarganj police station when they tried to complain against their neighbour for pelting stones on a dog. 
According to the complaint, instead of registering the petitioner's complaint, police officials illegally detained her, subjected her to physical and mental torture and harassment, and subsequently also physically abused the couple. Maharashtra State Human Rights Commission member M.A. Sayyad recommended the guilty officers to pay Rs 2.5 lakh to the couple. The Guwahati High Court has dismissed a bunch of writ petitions challenging Assam government's 2016 decision to not increase the age of retirement of Ayurvedic doctors from 60 to 65 years. The retirement age of allopathic doctors and dental surgeons working under the Health and Family Welfare Department was increased in 2016. Justice Suman Sham said questions such as enhancement of age of superannuation were matters strictly lying with the policy decision of the state and once there is a cabinet decision in the matter and such policy decision is found to be based on reasonable grounds, the same could not be termed as irrational, arbitrary or discriminatory. And lastly, the Madras High Court has criticized the manner in which all women police stations across the state were functioning. The court noted that in Tamil Nadu, the police stations were reduced to places of corruption where the authorities proceeded to side with powerful parties. The court lamented that these institutions, which were introduced to contribute to the society, were now reduced to shameless kangaroo courts. Justice R. Subramanian and Justice Victoria Gauri made these observations on a contempt petition filed by 1K Janathan, alleging that the inspector of all women police station, Vimala, had arrested him without following the guidelines laid down by the Supreme Court in Arnesh Kumar v. State of Bihar and Lalita Kumari v. Government of Uttar Pradesh and had thus committed contempt of court. The court gave certain directions and directed the state DGP to implement them in all the 222 women police stations across the state. Thank you for watching. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law. Do not forget to like, share and subscribe and support us.